everybody. I'm Frankie. And I'm Daniel. And this is Propagated Podcast. Yay. Okay. Well, Frankie, how has your week been? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that kind of week, huh? It's- yeah. Oh, it's been good though. Um, it, we're going to the beach together Can't this week. Not Very excited wait. about that. When this comes out, we will be at the beach. It, it might not be warm, but at least we'll hear the beautiful ocean sounds. That's better than nothing. Yeah, better than nothing. And we'll be riding around on our little golf cart, thinking about plants. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm excited about it. What about you? How about you? It's been good. I've honestly not done anything, really. Yeah. That's yeah. about, yeah, that's me. That's my quarantine life. I don't work. Yeah. I don't do anything. I just play my Nintendo Switch and watch TV and sometimes clean my room a little bit. That's about it. That sounds like the dream. <laughs> Juno is presently really mad that she's somewhere she can get to me. <laughs> Licking your face. And I'm not ASMR. giving her attention. Dog kisses. Okay, hold on. You're okay. Okay. We are going to talk about herbs this episode. I'm really excited about that. You probably saw that in the episode title, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) That is typically the way that works. Yeah, I'm always like, surprise. Oh, wait. (laughs) Maybe we'll start hiding them. We'll be like that spooky and make it some kind of funny thing instead. You'll never know. You'll never know unless you listen. Well, maybe someday we'll be funny enough to have funny title names. Um, I... Started working on a new shirt for our website. Ooh, really excited about. exciting. Uh-huh. And I've been working on some bonus episodes for our Patreons, who we need to come up with a fun name for. Um, it was suggested, um, what was it? It was... Um, Propagaze. Propagaze, which I love. So if you have a idea for our patron names, go ahead and email us. We would love to hear it. Email us. Tweet at us, mm-hmm, Facebook mm-hmm. us, Instagram us, any any means by which you would like to communicate, we would be happy to hear your suggestions. Yeah, because the only thing I can think of is saplings, and we already used that. So. Damn, fucking up. Should have picked something different. <laughs> All right. So I decided that I wanted to put something new in the show because there is an absurd amount of plant news out there. So I am now introducing a boop, 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 breaking news in the plant world section. <laughs> I won't do that every time. I might. I don't no, know. No, now you to have it. to. I, I fully anticipate that every time now. Maybe we can finally add sound effects to this podcast. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. So I have an article for you, actually, and I saw it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with Daniel. So, the title of this article is Meet the Long Island Lawyer Pursuing Nearly 100 Lawsuits Over Products Labeled as Vanilla. Ooh. (laughs) It is from Inside Edition, and the article is written by Annabelle Sosa. So, basically, this guy, his name is Spencer Sheehan, and he's a lawyer. And he's filed nearly 100 lawsuits pending against companies that he alleges falsely advertise their products as vanilla. So we've talked about this a little bit before. Like vanilla is the vanilla bean comes from an orchid, Mm -hmm. 
Whereas a lot of these companies are using vanilla taste. Ah. Uh. So, uh-huh, yeah. So the FDA does regulate this, but what Sheehan is arguing is that a lot of these corporations are bending these rules, and it's like, eh, it's not really vanilla, though. <laughs> That's pretty shitty. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if you're buying a product cheaply, it's probably never actually real vanilla. Yeah, exactly. Vanilla is expensive. So basically, Sheehan is seeking $500 million in damages, about $5 million per case. But he says that money isn't really the goal. He's more requesting products to be more accurately labeled. That's really his goal. Because, you know, he thinks people should have rights to know what they're putting in their body. Um, that's a pretty valiant effort, though. But yeah, I think it's very important that people that are labeling products be held to a higher level of accountability because we really don't see that as often as you would think we do no and corporations are not on your side like if they could make a buck they're gonna make a buck yeah regardless so. of what you feel about it exactly so at first i was like eh, i don't know how i feel about this guy freaking suing over the word vanilla but the more i read the more i was like yeah i'm on his side um here's a quote from the lawsuit it is misleading to describe a vanilla flavored food as naturally flavored, where it contains vanillin. Vanil How do you say that? Vanillin? Vanillin? I've said vanillin, but I know that that's probably wrong. Eh, we'll go with vanillin. Where it contains vanillin from non vanilla sources, because consumers will understand this to mean it is flavored with natural vanilla from the vanilla bean when it is not. So the suit goes on claiming that the product deems that it contains no artificial flavors, despite the main ingredients, including ethyl vanillin, vanillin, piperonol, who knows how to say any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but even at the, these things will say no artificial flavors, despite having artificial flavors. So it's misleading, you know, it's bad, yeah. <laughs> evil, awful. I need to look more deeply into that because vanillin is the chemical that comes from vanilla bean. Hmm. Uh, that's like the distillate of vanilla. But I, I, I assume that it means natural to mean like grown from the ground. Like That's fair. Grown, not, not processed. Produced, I guess. Processed, yes. Um, so yeah, vanilla doesn't grow in the U.S., which is why it's so ex expensive. It's cheaper to make vanillin, so that's why people do it. And Nestle commented back, because <laughs> Nestle is one of the lawsuits. Nestle wrote... <clears throat> This lawsuit is a part of a recent wave of frivolous class actions filed against the manufacturers of very <clears throat> against the manufacturers of various vanilla food products. Our coffee mate products are labeled in compliance with the law and provide customers the information they need to make informed purchasing decisions. We look forward to vigorously defending ourselves in court. <laughs> Which I'm sure they will as they have millions of dollars at their disposal to do just that. Yep. Um, Nestle, that's like one of my, that's one of my trigger words. Yeah. Can't stand that company. <laughs> I hope that they rot and die. Um, yeah. After what they've done to chocolate. Who, how dare, how dare. After what they've done to chocolate. Fuck shit. After what they've done to water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the most basic necessities of life. <laughs> So, Sheehan has settled one case um, against Califia Farms. I've never heard of it, but they did settle. 
Um, the case won $750,000 in reimbursements and expenses with an additional $5,000 awarded to each of the six plaintiffs. So, hey. And there have been at least 10 lawsuits that were settled privately. But um, Sheehan has said his work has at times left him subject to criticism. He said, there are many critics with anything you do. There are critics. <laughs> but I'm like, fuck yeah. Go for it. Do it. Do it up. <laughs> All I could think of was, they see me rolling. They hating. <laughs> It's all that's all that went through my they head. See me growing <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> oh man. No, that's interesting. You should send me a link to that article because I want to look into it a little more deeply. Yeah, definitely I will. And I'll um I'll post it on our social media. Ooh. Cool. Well, that was our little boop 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 news segment. I like that segment. I like that segment a lot. Me too. Uh, do you have anything to share with me or talk about? Um, well, I feel woefully underprepared now that I don't have a news segment to share. <laughs> but I have plenty of information about herbs to share with you if you'd like to jump into the, the meat of the story. All right, let's do it. Because I feel like this is going to be a long one since we both have a lot of information to get through. <laughs> it, it's going to be a thing. There's, there's enough. There's plenty to talk about. There's going to have to be a part two, maybe part three, maybe part five. Who knows? It's going to, there. yeah, yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. So like Frankie already mentioned today, we're going to be talking about herbs. And we initially had a list of five herbs each we were going to bring to you today and then started doing research and realized that unless you all wanted to listen to us for about four hours, <laughs> we could not accomplish five herbs each. So we settled on three each. Yeah. And I think that probably each of these herbs will end up getting their own episode in the future because I'm still just barely scratching the surface on the research that I did. Mm -hmm. But I am going to start, interestingly enough, with vanilla. Yay! Look at that. It's like we planned it. So if you wanted to know a little bit more about vanilla now that you know that there's a lawsuit surrounding it <laughs> if you're more curious now let's let's talk about it as frankie mentioned earlier we have talked about vanilla in the past in passing and also if you've listened to the podcast for a while you're gonna know that orchids are my favorite plant and interestingly enough the vanilla likely to be in a kitchen cabinet at your home is also from an orchid so vanilla planifolia is the type of orchid where we get most of our vanilla from. There are a couple of other variations that are a little bit more rare, but the uh, the second most common would be Tahitian vanilla, which is apparently fruitier and less floral in flavor. I am personally don't know that I've ever had it, but after doing this research, I really want to find some to see what that's all about. Yeah, I'm a big baker, and I feel like that would be good. <laughs> Maybe some cupcakes or something. Originally, most of the world depended on Mexico for their vanilla needs, seeing as that's the native homeland of vanilla planifolia. But now, vanilla can be produced in a lot of alternative areas in a greenhouse. And the reason I mention that is because I want to talk about Edmund Albius, who is a pretty cool person. Um... 
Edmund Albius was a horticulturist from Reunion, which is right outside of Mauritius, which is where he grew up. Um, unfortunately, he was born into slavery by, at the hands of the French, but escaped that to become a horticulturalist. And it was actually at the age of 12 that he invented a technique for pollinating vanilla orchids quickly and profitably. What? Albius's technique revolutionized the cultivation of vanilla and made it possible to profitably grow vanilla beans away from their home in Mexico. So a little bit more about his story. French colonists brought vanilla beans to Reunion and nearby Mauritius in the 1820s with the hope of starting production. However, the vines were sterile because no insect would pollinate them in France. So their pollinators were very specific to Mexico. So in the 30s, there's this guy named Charles Morin, and he was a professor of botany at the University of Liege in Belgium. And he was the first one to develop a hand pollination method for vanilla, but his technique was slow and required way too much effort to ever be profitable. It was then that in 1841 that Albius invented a method to quickly pollinate the vanilla using a thin stick or blade of grass and a simple thumb gesture. So using the stick or grass blade, field hands lift the rostellum, which is the flap that cele celebrates, the flap that separates the male anther from the female stigma, and then with their thumbs, smear the sticky pollen from the anther over the stigma. And so that manual pollination method is what we still use today as practically all vanilla is pollinated by hand. Whoa, still? Still, which p plays into why vanilla is so expensive. Yeah. And so after Albius's discovery, Reunion became for a time the world's largest supplier of vanilla. And then French colonists used Albius's techniques in Madagascar to cultivate vanilla where it continues to be the world's largest vanilla producer, Madagascar. And you know, I, I get preachy every single episode, so I'm going to avoid that <laughs> this episode. But I'm sure if y'all have listened to me preach before, you can deduce the sentiments about colonization and slavery I would normally throw in here. Yep. But we're going to pass. We're going to just skip over that this time and have a nice, fun, lighthearted little episode. This is a cliff note. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're not going to talk about the harsh realities of colonization and slavery, let me throw a fun fact at you. <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla flowers are open for literally just one day. They, they really? do not last for long. So this is also part of what feeds into vanilla being so expensive because if you are a vanilla farmer and you were to miss that window of opportunity on a flower you lose an entire vanilla bean for each flower that you didn't get in that one day period that they were blooming so it's it's like a whole thing um and aside from needing that hand pollination and the short life of the flowers even after being grown and picked they need almost hourly attention for up to four months being oh my God. flipped and turned to dry properly and be stored properly. So it's a like it's a thing to produce yeah. vanilla. 
Wow. Understanding a little bit about the production, I guess, of vanilla and a little bit of its history, I kind of wanted to stray away from that and go into the folklore. Like I said, like Frankie said, this is kind of a Cliff Notes episode, so I'm trying to just surface scratch on all the herbs that we're talking about today. And the folklore of vanilla is actually pretty fucking cool. So I actually found um, this story online. It was from the Legend of Vanilla site. And it has it had a little story about uh, vanilla in its homeland of Mexico. And I'm going to just kind of tell the story in my own words instead of repeating it exactly. <laughs> but if you are the Legend of Vanilla site and you think I plagiarized you, I probably did. And I'm sorry. I hope that I make it sound okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Shout out. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> um, anyways, so according to this story, there was this young girl named Morningstar. Ooh. And she was said to be so beautiful that her parents would never allow her to marry anything lesser than a god. So essentially she was given to a temple and told to be a blessing to the gods in the hopes that a god would one day want to marry her. Each day, she would go out and procure flowers and fruits to offer a sacrifice to the temple. It was then that a young prince gazed first upon her beauty. And it was in that moment he decided he would watch her from a distance each day, until one day his obsession grew too large and he captured her to take as her own. And according to the story, Morningstar was struck by the prince and decided to follow willingly. That's a bit sus to me. Uh, That's a bit sus to me, but you know, I'm regurgitating a story I read, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that be the line for right is now. How you can tell it was written by a man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately for both of them, they didn't make it very far, and they were struck down by the priests of the temple. And where their blood fell, a beautiful vine emerged, and upon it were lovely and wonderfully fragranced orchids. It was then that their love was immortalized forever and vanilla began to flourish. Love? They just met. <laughs> it's a the story definitely has some creepy undertones. I will give you that. But that is apparently the that is what cute? Yeah, that's like the Mexican story for the beginnings or origins of vanilla. Cool. It's, guess it's kind of a cute story. And I'm sure there's like a better story out there. I think that what I read was the Cliff Notes version of the story, and then what I just gave you was <laughs> my Cliff Notes of the Cliff Notes. So hopefully there's a better, more detailed story out there somewhere that's not quite as terrible. That's not like, he was obsessed with her, so he captured her, and she was like, this is great. <laughs> well, in the story, I'm pretty sure almost verbatim it said, because he that that's what the story said, was that he decided oh he was going to, they had never met. Oh and he God. was like, I have to have this girl. I'm going to marry her one day. And then captured the girl. And the girl was so strucken by his love for her that she had to follow willingly and was happy to be loved so much. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. <laughs> All right, Carly Rae, damn. My, here's my love. Come willingly <laughs> and turn into vanilla, maybe. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh, that was too much in such a beautiful way, Frankie. <laughs> All right. 
propagated's greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can we have like a 3 a.m. infomercial like all the other people do? That would be oh, fucking amazing. Yeah. I feel like one day we should film that for a TikTok as a side note because that would be really 100%. hilarious. Are you tired of your plants not happy? <laughs> we'll have to write a script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna script it. That was really bad. <laughs> Okay, back to the podcast. Like I said, Cliff Notes Day. I'm going to stop there and move on. Sweet. I promise I'll do a full vanilla episode in the future because it does have a rich and beautiful history, and I barely even scraped the surface. I really didn't even talk about its true heritage today, and I really want to get into that one day. So we should do that. Um, I think that Frankie and I are going to trade off each round, so yeah, we're going to I'm give ready. Frankie the floor. All right, we're going to talk about time. Not time as in like, it's 12 o'clock. Time as in like time in the garden. That joke is made every time. But um, We're not going <laughs> to get super philosophical today. No. Okay. So, time. We're talking about thymus in the family of the Lemiaceae. And one of my favorites, I grow lemon thyme in my garden every year because I love the way it smells and tastes on everything. Lemon thyme on chicken, mm, best thing ever. The first recording of it was in 2750 BC. <laughs> I think that might be the oldest one we have yet. Oh, I might have you beat later, but we'll let you have the record for now. Okay. <laughs> It was on Sumerian cuneiform tablets Ooh. that it was suggested to be dried and pulverized with pears and figs and water and used as a poultice. The ancient Egyptians used to use it to embalm the dead, thyme oil. The Romans threw it on the ground to deter venomous creatures. I, okay. Interesting, <laughs> but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Benedictine monks added them to elixirs for health benefits. The Greeks burned thyme in temples to purify the air in the temple before um, doing magic rituals to kind of cleanse it. That's fun. That's a less problematic version of sage. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to burn thyme now. In spring, they would make a bath of thyme and marjoram to cleanse and ensure all sorrows and ills of the past are removed, which, by the way, I'm definitely doing in March. <laughs> that sounds really fucking cool. I'm not mad about that. It smells so good. Yeah, like, I love thyme. <laughs> me too um it over time came to symbolize death the souls of the dead apparently rest in the flowers and it even has been stated in some hauntings that you smell time like in haunting sites that's you can smell kind of fucking dope honestly isn't that i cool? don't know that i've ever heard that i feel like i listen to so much paranormal shit and i don't know that i've ever heard know, that factoid right? before i don't i feel like people disregard i mean smell in the fact of a haunting you know like sometimes you hear like oh they smelled cat urine or but something honestly like that, but... why would you not because literally smell the olfactory system is more closely related to memory than anything else yeah it makes sense um the fun fact about that is that i i this didn't come from one of my weirdo woo woo books this actually came from the encyclopedia <laughs> so, i was reading that and i was like wait you don't belong here this fact doesn't belong in this book oh i love that you just but, said weirdo woo woo books that's a whole lot it's my i have favorite. a lot of weirdo woo woo books <laughs> um there are up to 400 different species of time damn okay and yeah 
they love dry, rocky soil. The component most used in thyme is thymol, and it is well studied for its microbial benefits, and it is a powerful antiseptic. Ooh. It is used in almost all mouthwashes, toothpaste, cough drops, vapor rubs, stuff like that. That kind of makes sense. Have you ever, like, just bitten into fresh thyme? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of has that, like, similar yeah. sensation <laughs> in your mouth, you know? I, I kind of hate myself for saying the way, that the way that I just did, but it's fine. Why? Sensation? Yeah, I get it. You know, has a similar sensation in your mouth is exactly what oh. I said. And I feel like I'm maybe that just makes me a high schooler for laughing at that in my head. But yeah, you know, we'll take it. <laughs> it is kind of a difficult plant to classify because time hybridizes freely in cultivation. It's just like doing its thing all over the place. <laughs> OK, that's odd. I feel like yeah. that's not normal. No, but I'm into not. it. Yeah. So my last fact, I kind of brushed over it, of course. I was trying to hit the bullet points of time just to keep things brief so we don't, again, have like a five-hour episode. But it is one of the most important bee plants because all of its tiny little flowers in time have copious amounts of nectar. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I have to plant some time in my garden so I can spend some time in my garden. Ah. Oh my god, Aww. no one's ever made that joke before. <laughs> but yes, so my sources, thank you to my sources, Gaia Herbs, which is a really great herb place, local here, um, they had an article on time. And then it was from my Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. That is definitely a woo-woo book. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like it's it's kind of a fun book because it like tells you what the new magical uses are and it also tells you like what gender each plant is which is kind of strange and like what goddess it's associated with i don't know it's really fun i'm fine with the associations of god i hate the gender bit there's so too much gendering a lot of like the older school magic stuffs are very prevalent in ascribing gender to everything yeah which is weird you know what get that binary bullshit out of here <laughs> for real though Yes. And then the last one was one of my all-time favorites. If you don't have this in your library, it's really, really helpful. The New Encyclopedia of Herbs and Their Uses by Denny Bowen. Or Bowen. I need to get that one. I yeah. just found The Complete Book of Herbs by Leslie Bremness. I don't think I know that one. At a thrift store. But I haven't opened it yet because that's who I am as a human. <laughs> I, I just, just like bought books and it. I haven't looked in them yet. <laughs> I get it. I bought like a stack of tin though, and I've looked through all the ones that I bought that were about orchids. I just haven't paid it to herbs yet. <laughs> That's fair. Herbs was like my first one. My whole library is about herbs pretty much because they're some of my favorites. They have the best folklore. Cool. Well, yeah, that's time. Time. We did it. We did it. We had enough time to fit time into oh our gosh. time frame. How many jokes are we going to make? <laughs> all, the, all the jokes. I don't know. They're all terrible, but I low-key love them. I know. <laughs> So, what's next? So, next, I think we're going to talk about rosemary. Ooh, yes. So good. So, rosemary or rosemary, well, that's not how you say that. <laughs> or rosemanarius officinalis is the next herb that I'm going to focus on. And it's one of my favorite herbs to add to a smoky whiskey or mezcal cocktail. Yes. But... Honestly, one of my least favorite cooking herbs. Really? I'm not a huge fan of rosemary okay. used in 
dishes of food. That's fair, but rosemary and casserole, the best thing you've ever had. Rosemary and chicken soup, best thing you've ever had. And also rosemary and a gin and tonic, best thing you've ever had. Rosemary and a gin and tonic, down for. Everything else you said, I don't love. Really? I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something about rosemary when paired with savory food that I just can't get behind. Okay. But that's okay. my own personal taste buds hating me because I love rosemary in a drink and I should also like it in a food, but I just don't. <laughs> just yeah. can't find it. Maybe it's like another like olfactory memory from your um, sausage days. <laughs> oh no, that's just sage. That's Oof. just sage. <laughs> that's just sage. Sage. Is, that's a whole thing. I think that was from oh. our holiday episode that we talked about that, right? Oh, it was bad. No, Sage I don't... and Palo Santo. Yeah. Yeah, Sage and Palo Santo is when that came up. Oh, n- those memories are a lot. <laughs> Way to bring those to the surface again, sorry, Frankie. Sorry, I'll bury no, it kidding. back down. <laughs> <laughs> bury it in the garden dirt. <laughs> um, but anyways, rosemary is really cool, and I'm gonna start out by like just kind of telling you what rosemary is, I guess, a little bit about it. So rosemary is a fragrant evergreen herb native to the Mediterranean. And it's used as a culinary condiment to make bodily perfumes and for its potential health benefits. So similarly to thyme, rosemary is also a member of the mint family Lamiaceae, Mm -hmm. along with many other herbs such as oregano, as Frankie said, thyme, basil, and lavender. Mm -hmm. So all these... Guys are kind of interconnected and related in a way. They're family. Again, Cliff Note style. I didn't go too deep into Rosemary, but I found some like cool little tidbits. So that's kind of what I'm going to do now is instead of like do a big thing, I'm going to give you a bunch of little tidbits about Rosemary, which I think is kind of fun. According to the old farmer's almanac, Rosemary tea is said to enhance your memory. Ooh. And it also mentions that rosemary literally symbolizes remembrance as a plant. Um, and rosemary does have some lore around it. And I tried to find some like fleshed out stories and just really couldn't. So I'm going to, like I said, I want to give you tidbits of all the really cool little stories that I found. In Greece, scholars used to wear rosemary garlands on their heads to increase their memory. Oh. Which I think is fun. Shakespeare often referenced Rosemary in their plays. I said their plays because I read some do- somewhere that Ro- Shakespeare might have been non-binary and we just didn't know that. Really? Huh. And I've also heard that Shakespeare could have been several people and we didn't know that. I have heard that. Yeah. So that's why I said there, just in case anybody's curious. Brides wore it as it was said to bring happiness, loyalty, and love to their marriages. But another legend says that rosemary originally had white flowers, but the flowers were changed to blue when the Virgin Mary placed her cloak upon a rosemary plant while resting during her escape from Egypt. And in keeping with that same lore, they also said that rosemary will only grow for a maximum of 33 years and to the exact height of Jesus Christ when he died. Really? That is the Christian lore that has been said. Rosemary is also associated with Aphrodite and appears in many ancient images of her. And some of what I thought was kind of cool was a lot of these herbs were said to be able to ward off 
evil spirits and nightmares and stuff. But I thought it was kind of fun that people put Rosemary and used Rosemary to make musical instruments oh. as a way to like play the evil away. Cool. And I think that's kind of really fun, that's honestly. So I think cool. that's like a like a weird fun fact about Rosemary is that literally the wood was used to make musical instruments and a part of the reason they did that was because they thought the music played from the instruments would ward off evil spirits. That's really neat. I have a fun fact that I learned when I was a florist. Send it. Maybe, I mean, you might say it later, but um, a sprig of rosemary will grant you safe travels. And so every time we would go out of town, we would put a sprig of rosemary on our delivery truck. That's really cute. Yeah. I don't think I have that in here, honestly. So rosemary was also given as a gift for New Year's Day, along with an orange stuck with cloves. And it was used with holly and mistletoe. 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 <laughs> mistletoe. Mistletoe. <laughs> <gasps> that would be such a good drag name. Miss Mis Leto or something like that. Anyways, no, it's a terrible drag name. Okay, sorry. Don't. I don't love make the enthusiasm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it was used with holly and mistletoe to decorate for Yule. There's an old saying that goes, where rosemary flourishes, the woman rules. And yeah. in England, it was believed that rosemary could not grow in the garden of the home unless the mistress was the master, oh. which I think is fucking cool. And every that. everybody should be planting rosemary outside to prove that women are actually kind of cooler than dudes. I have had rosemary in every garden I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that's knowing you personally, that stands to reason. And I love that for you. Uh, in France, rosemary was burnt along with juniper berries in sick rooms and hospitals to purify the air, which makes sense Love to that. me. Yeah. Um, and during the Middle Ages, kind of hearkening back to what you said, it was hung around the neck to protect from the plague. Mm. So if you were leaving your house, I guess that would be similar to the idea of safe travels. Mm -hmm. And just one more thing, one more, one more little bullet point on rosemary. Rosemary is believed to attract fairies and good energies. Yes. So rosemary used to hang over cradles, and while and the rosemary would attract the fairy away from stealing the infants. Oh, it's like baby herb. Baby mm -hmm. herb. <laughs> oh, and I lied. There's one more just because it's kind of shitting on men, and I love that. Okay, go. Uh, Loki. A man who is indifferent to the fragrance of rosemary is unable to give true love to a woman. And those who smell rosemary frequently will attain their youth as according to an old proverb. Love. I am yeah. bringing rosemary with me to every, if I ever have another first date, I'm going to bring it with me and be like, hey, how does this smell to you? <laughs> yeah, what, do you what do you think of the smell? Hey, what do you, you, what do you just, think? <laughs> realistically, you should just like, Make your own rosemary perfume, and if they compliment it, you should be like, huh, Love I like that. that you complimented that. Okay. And yeah. if they say yeah. nothing, be like, mm, mm, I yeah. guess, uh, I mean, whatever, clarify. I'll give you. D dates with men, at least. <laughs> Ob I mean, obvi, 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 obvi. Obvi, 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 yeah. All right, I think that's about what I had to say about rosemary. Again, I think that rosemary probably deserves its own episode in earnest yeah. at some point in the future. Definitely. But that's that clip notes version. Sweet. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, let's move on to basil then. Basil. Is it pronounced basil in other countries or is that just the name? Basil. If you are in a British English section of the world, you would hear basil instead of basil for sure. If this isn't true, email us. <laughs> basil, a.k.a. Awesomeum. There's a bunch of different types in the family of Lamiaceae. The ancient Greeks and Romans associated the herb with Can... anger and hatred. I'm so sorry. What? Ancient... Will you just restart that? Because I feel like you said ancient really oddly. I say ancient weird, and I get made fun of it every single time. <laughs> okay, it's, I didn't... I know it's, I know it's ancient. Ancient, 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 right? Ancient. ancient. Like you ain't shit. You ain't. Sure. Shit. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but I say ancient because I don't know. I because I'm anxious. <laughs> um. Okay, you do you. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, don't be sorry. I feel like that needed to be stated because I'm <laughs> probably gonna do it another time. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you say it, that's how you say it. I'm not gonna judge yeah. you for it. I have to think about it if I, okay, so ancient, ancient, yeah. The ancient Greeks and Romans associated the herb with anger and hatred. So when they were planting it, when they were planting basil, they would swear an angry rant and just be like, oh, fast, you have while they're planting basil, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> That's wild. Right. I I I wish that video existed back then. I want to see that happen. That sounds. Can we just? That has to be one of our fucking videos that we do. We have to yeah. plant some basil and just scream curse at it because that sounds like fun. That sounds honestly. very on brand for us. <laughs> we'll just curse about capitalism and the patriarchy while we're planting basil. <laughs> um, of course. There's always a little Jesus. It was, um, apparently basil was grown, like, after Jesus was crucified, it grew at the site of his crucifixion. The, okay, so this is kind of wild. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole when I was researching this, because one place in one of my books, it said, the basilisk is related to basil. And I was like, what? what? Exactly. Exactly. So I had to go back, and I did a little bit of digging, and so... Here we go. Our friend Pliny comes into this. <laughs> Ooh, Pliny the Elder or Pliny uh, the Minor? Pliny the Elder. I think it's Pliny the Younger. Not Pliny. I know. I was being... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was intentionally being shitty because I know Pliny the Elder wrote about herbs. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, that joke doesn't carry really well. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe someone out there will be giggling at it. <laughs> so the oldest origin of the word basil is the ancient Greece basilius, which means king. So it's the same root as basilica. And basically, the basilisk was named as king by... lizard. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to... I shouldn't no, have you interrupted it. you. It, no, exactly. You nailed it. So it was king lizard. And it was named by Pliny the Elder. Well, little king. Little king, basically. And he named it basiliskos. So little king. And the basilisk would be... It was like this little serpentine creature that would freeze living things with its gaze and melt surrounding shrubs with its poison. And through this, herbologists said that the cure for its frozen gaze was um, basil. And some said that basil left under a pot would turn into a scorpion, which 
apparently back in the day it was related to the basilisk. I don't know if they fought or what, but basically Basil turns into scorpions. That's a fact, I, mean, I, I guess. I like Loki <laughs> want to do that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Let's try it. Um, the Frenchman, oh my God, it auto-corrected it to hilarious, but I'm pretty sure his name was Hilaria, something like that. <laughs> so the Frenchman, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Hilaria, said that smelling the basil plant would breed a scorpion in your brain. <laughs> so I got a few scorpions in the brain. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I probably have too many to count. I used to cut basil every day at work. Like, shit. Is that why my anxiety is so bad? Do I just have scorpions running around in my brain? Like, just so many too many to count? Psychiatrist. I think I have scorpions in the brain. <laughs> How do I fix this? <laughs> oh my God! Yes, please. That's if I were a psychiatrist, this is all I'd ever want to hear. Yeah, it's like, right. Like what the fuck, kid? You're, You're so fucked up. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, fun fact: in French, the word for monster and herb are still the same. Basilic. Oh, it's both the same. Mm-hmm. Herb That's and cool. Yeah, kind of funny, huh? I love etymology. Um, and in Latin, they are both basilicus. So, there you go. Heard. It is said nowadays that the scent of fresh basil causes sympathy between two people. So, it's like the best cure to soothe tempers between lovers. So, eat yourself a little caprese salad. <laughs> oh, I love caprese salads. Now, this one I really need to try. It was said that witches would drink half a cup of basil juice before flying. Okay. <laughs> Send it. Love that. Go for it. Into it. it. Stand that. Go. Do it. If, if anything else, I'll just get some green juice. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you end up being able to fly on a broomstick, I better be invited one day. <laughs> Definitely. We'll kiki delivery service it. <laughs> we'll kiki on our kiki's delivery service. <laughs> that was a lot, but cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right reel it in reel it in basil is rich in volatile oils and it varies in growing conditions but there have been 20 or more isolated so the main ones are anise cinnamon clove lemon rose lilac and orange blossom thyme and camphor got a lot of those oils in it damn I'm, i love that though yeah there's all kinds of different basils i feel like I was looking through, and they all taste so different, too, and all kinds of different colors and stuff. Yeah, so that's basil. Well, congratulations on making me really want a cocktail with basil in it when I don't have the <laughs> ability too. to do that. Oh, you know what I want, though? I want a basil and blueberry muffin or something. I don't Ooh. know. A basil and blueberry scone, though, would be so good. I love scones. I put basil in my blueberry pie. So good. Mm, All right. What's next? Next, we're going to talk about my personal favorite. What is it? What is it? Garlic. <gasps> Vampires beware. <laughs> so garlic is also known as allium sativum. Valium? Allium. Oh, 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 like onion. Yeah. Right. So it's in the same... It's a, it is a plant in the onion genus, which is, they're all alliums. Um, so this plant 
is native to Central Asia and Northeast Iran, which I personally didn't know. And I thought was kind of a cool thing to know about because you can grow garlic almost anywhere now. Um, And garlic has become a staple of consumption and medicine over the past several thousand years. Yeah. And while garlic might be native to these areas, if planted at the right time, it can be grown as far north as Alaska. Wow. Which I thought was also kind of crazy that you can be that cold with it and it can still grow. Yeah. Garlic is known to be one of the oldest horticultural crops in Europe and Asia. And literally we can find writings as far back as 5,000 years ago mentioning the use of garlic. Wow. Which is a long fucking time. So that's literally just after 3000 BC we found writings of garlic being used. Being that garlic has been revered for such a incredibly long time, it only stands to reason that it would also have a lot of folklore attached to it. Yeah. I feel like the first person who tried garlic took a bite and was like, this is not edible. I would imagine so. (laughs) Taking a bite of raw garlic is a lot. (laughs) And I mean, now I can, I could probably eat a clove of raw garlic and without making much of an expression, because I (laughs) fucking love garlic. (laughs) Um, Oh, um, I have a personal folklore story. I mean, I can tell it at the end if you want. No, go for it. Send it right now. You You might have it in your story, but Basically, um, when we were kids, my mom would put garlic on the soles of our feet, and then it would, like, when we were sick, I mean, and so, like, the garlic would, like, seep out the sickness. I have heard that. Um, I, my, that never happened in my, in my world, that never happened. It's kind of fun, too, because your breast smells like garlic after a while. I know, that's crazy, right? It's so wild. <laughs> and I mean... Realistically, anyone with a southern grandma has been told about, like, the health benefits of garlic since you were a child. Yeah. Garlic's like a whole fucking thing. Like, consider the fact that pretty much anyone who's listening to this has at some point heard in their life that garlic will stave off vampires. That comes from folklore. And this actually comes from several different cultures and in a lot like in literally a metric fuck ton of cultures garlic is meant to ward off evil spirits and in ancient times it is said that people would eat garlic before going on an evening trip and would intentionally burp <laughs> to keep evil spirits at bay cuz they believe oh, that the okay. pungent smell would be virtually impen- impenetrable to a spirit I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to walk through a cloud, a cloud of garlic burp. Yeah. I mean, who would, honestly? <laughs> I mean, most of my friends have had to on several occasions because if there's <laughs> garlic bread, I'm going to devour that shit. But regardless of that, while much of the ancient world has had a fondness for garlic, there weren't any that were quite so emphatic about their love for garlic as the Egyptians. Oh. So much, in fact, they treated garlic kind of on the same level as a deity. Like, they literally, they didn't quite worship garlic, but 
they love the fuck out of it. And when they exhumed King Tut out of his burial chambers, out of the pyramid, garlic was found scattered about most of the chambers as a way to ward off the evil spirits from being able to get to him. And in a darker turn of events, it was also used as a commodity and had purchasing power in Egypt. So also during the reign of King Tut, it is recorded that 15 cloves of garlic would afford you a whole ass slave. What? <gasps> yeah. So oh, in Egypt, 15 God. cloves of garlic equated an entire human life to them. Oh my God. And alternatively, the slaves kept by the kingdom itself to build these beautiful pyramids were said to be fed raw garlic each day as a means to stave off illness and to increase strength and endurance. Hmm. Moving on from Egypt, though, Hippocrates, which was around 300 BC, so still like fucking forever ago, Hippocrates recommended garlic for infections, wounds, cancer, leprosy, and digestive disorders. So Hippocrates was like, garlic be that shit. If you got ghosts in your blood, eat garlic, essentially is how Hippocrates believed in garlic. And again, Pliny the Elder, in his Natural History, wrote of many scenarios in which garlic was heralded as beneficial he referenced garlic about 61 times in his writings. Wow. And then you have Galen, who was a second century writer called Garlic the Rustic's Theriac, which essentially means a cure-all. Gotcha. So Galen was like, "Eat, just fucking eat garlic, dude. It's good for you. <laughs> is essentially what Galen was trying to get across. <laughs> and then you have the more modern world, and garlic is still proclaimed to have healing properties and especially in holistic circles and there are also studies that have been and are being conducted to see what kind of medicinal value garlic might have unfortunately most of the studies that i could find have been fouled in some way or not fouled flawed i suppose would be a better word yeah. they had some kind of bias behind them that made mm -hmm. them not exactly worthy of the scientific community accepting them so Double hopefully people exactly so hopefully there will be something in the future that does scientifically back its restorative properties but we don't know for sure yet as far as science specifically is concerned mm -hmm. and then i think i have two more fun facts for you about garlic and then i want to be done during the first world war the Russian army actually relied heavily on garlic as an antibiotic. So penicillin had already been created during the First World War. While penicillin had been developed, the pharmacies were overwhelmed. And that led to the Russians reverting back to what they knew prior to that and using garlic as the primary guard against infection again. Hmm. And then one more fun fact. If you've ever cut into a piece of garlic then I'm sure you've, like, felt on your hands that kind of, like, sticky, sappy juice. 
that comes out of the bulb, Mm -hmm. that juice that comes out is actually used as an adhesive for glass and porcelain. What? Right? I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I had to look more deep into that because I didn't do a whole lot of research into it. I just found that fun fact and I wanted to include it. That's really cool. And that ends my, uh, my, my discussion on garlic. That's what I got for you. But Frankie, I'm pretty sure that that means that you have one last herb to talk to us about. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a big one. It's going to be mint. Ooh, uh. Also, one of my favorite cocktail oh, yeah. herbs. Oh, yeah. In everything, really. As a bartender, I talk mad shit about a mojito, mm. but damn if they don't taste good. Oh, my gosh. Mojitos. Mm. Yeah. My goal one day is to have enough mint to make a mojito. I used to grow a lot of mint, but the problem with mint is that if you grow it in your garden, it will take over your whole garden. So you have to grow it in containers. But. You know, it's fine in containers. I mean, sounds like a lazy gardener to me, but whatever. Oh, no, like literally. <laughs> I'm just it's kidding. root systems. No, don't even try to put that shame and guilt on me. Because its root systems are so wild that you literally cannot root it out. Like, uh, it will always come back. <laughs> it's like that kudzu. <laughs> God, kudzu. I want to make a kudzu salad. I'm into yeah, that now. We're definitely doing do that. that. We're going to have that. some fun in the spring. We're going to do a whole bunch of foraging adventures. I've like already got it mapped out. I'm so excited. Maybe it'll still be quarantine times and I still won't have a job and I can do whatever the fuck I want to all fucking summer. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about mint. So mint, mentha, again of the Lamia CE family. Fun fact, almost all mints have square stems. But not all square stems are mint. So that's actually been really helpful for me when I'm foraging. You can literally feel the stem and it feels square in your fingers. Okay. So it's like really helps you weed out, <laughs> weed out a lot of look legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was accidental. <laughs> it was great though. Perfect. Great times. I loved that. So in biblical times, there was references to mint because it had such a high value that it was used as tithes by the Pharisees along with anise and cumin. Anise, anise. It's anise and cumin. Anise and cumin, yeah. In Greek history, the story goes that Hades seduced a nymph, minthe, minth, minth, we'll say minth, M-I-N. Mintha. T-H-E, Mintha. And Hades' wife, Persephone, was not pleased, to say the least. <laughs> well, I mean, once you so, get abducted and stolen away to fucking that's, the underworld. To the underworld, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll forgive you, Persephone, but also, like, eh, don't know if I would be like, yeah, go get him, girl, for this reaction. <laughs> Persephone decided to turn Minth into a plant that people would walk on. <laughs> that's fun that's that's (laughs) like if you're gonna be petty and you're gonna try and fuck somebody's day up getting walked on as a plant every day sounds like the way to do that yeah my question is why not do that to hades he's the asshole but just saying anyway so hades was really mad about this he was like yo wife you just turned my girlfriend into a plant that people step on so she was so beautiful that he decided to imbue the plant with this amazing smell so that when people stepped on it, they would remember her beauty. Okay. 
Okay, that's a whole lot. Man, it's the Greeks lot. were a lot, dude. They were a lot. And it's like, really, you're a god, and this is what you're going to do with your power? Man, they okay. had the... I mean, I was about to say they have the pettiest gods, but that's not <laughs> entirely true. You know who I'm talking about. Um, gods are really petty. <laughs> for real, though. Why you all got to be so pernicious? Just calm down. Take a break. Take a Chill out. <laughs> God, what if gods are like, what if gods were real or are real? And the reason we don't hear from them anymore is because they all got a Valium prescription and they don't fuck with us anymore because they're like not concerned anymore. They got medicated. They got medicated and they're good now. Oh my God. I love this idea so much. And now like the whole world is atheist because like all the gods have gone to therapy. Can you shadow write this book for me? Because I'm a terrible writer, but I feel like it'd be a really oh, funny book. Absolutely. This is, if nothing, a short story in the making already. <laughs> anyway, back to Mint. Um, the first signs of it showing up in um, hygienics was in the 14th century when an early version of toothpaste was made. And it was originally marketed to white teeth, whitened teeth. But people used it as just like a cleaner. So Okay. Spearmint in particularly has an interesting etymology. The mint part is actually a pun. It's from the German word munz, munze, 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 I feel like. Munze? I don't know. I don't speak German. <laughs> but it munze means the building where a coin is minted. And since mint was such a profitable trading exactly. device mm -hmm, mm -hmm. exactly and the spear from spearmint comes from spire because the flowers on it had these spiry forms of blossoms so spire means it means it whatever <laughs> who knows yeah. just say it as angrily as you can Mienze. no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> my mom my mom speaks german and i've tried to learn but it's not the language for me <laughs> I mean, it's one of it's apparently one of the easier ones to learn. Ger any of the Germanic languages are supposed to be easier for Americans to learn. Anyways, back once again to mint. <laughs> um, the maceration of spearmint, so like a little like chopped up mixture of spearmint, used to be used in milk to keep it from spoiling. I feel like minty milk might be good. I don't know. Yes. No, maybe <laughs> not into it. This, this, I'm not personally, but I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't know about that. Yeah, the strongest component in mint is menthol, and it relieves headaches. It's a digestive aid. It's antiseptic, decongestant, analgesic, and it's a mild anesthetic. So when you smell mint and you have that like numbing sensation in your nose, that's what that is. It's because it's a mild anesthetic. So many ick words. I know, right? <laughs> I, I just threw them all out there as fast as I could. Um, but this is also because of this, why mint overwhelms more subtle flavors. So that's usually why it's used in sweet foods, because it pairs better with sugar than it does with salt. Fair. Yeah. I don't know. I've had some like good minty goat curries before, though. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But goat's but also like, such yeah. a very strong, it's like a very, very strong meat flavor. And it's got that like lactose in the yogurt to like, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, 
So that's mint. That's it. Ta-da! Ta I think I'm going to end this episode on a fun fact that I learned. Ooh. The honeycomb pattern that you see in, like, bees, um, that, like, hexagonal pattern, hexagonal, mm -hmm. hexagonal pattern, um, bees don't make the hexagons. What they do is they burrow perfectly formed holes all in a row, perfect, just like boom, boom, boom. And then as their little butts are working really hard, the wax starts to melt and flows between the circles and creates that hexagon. That fucked me up, but I'm Isn't really happy cool? to know it. <laughs> so that's your fun fact for the week. <laughs> I think it's time to end this episode. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for talking herbs with us. We're going to do this again soon because we love herbs and there's a whole lot to get through. So you can find us on Instagram at... At Propagated Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at... Propagated Pod. And you can email us to tell us what we did wrong or anything you want to add or anything you want to talk to us about. You want to send us pet photos. You want to send us pictures of your garden. You want to send us plant photos at propagatedpodcasts at gmail.com. Nailed it. And we also have a website if you want to see all our episodes, fun merch. We've got t-shirts. We've got stickers. You can head over there learn a little bit more about us at propagatedpodcast.com. Boom, boom, boom. I think that's everything, right? All right, that's it. That's it, guys. Great. Thank Love you, you so much Hope for joining us. Hope to hear us. from you. Bye. Yay. Bye.